Hello there. Well, hello, Ben. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, my mic quality is superior to yours today. It is much to my chagrin. <laughs> it really kills me as someone that that cares a lot about audio quality. So I'm I'm traveling right now, and I care enough about audio quality that I brought my microphone with me. It is sitting about ten feet away. I did not remember to bring the adapter that goes from USB A to USB C, and I am staying on a remote island and. Everything is closed, so I can't buy it locally. And Amazon's delivery times here are like a week or something. Oh, gosh. So I know. It's like Prime is not a thing. It's crazy how inconvenient that is. <laughs> it's like crippling to my lifestyle. How did people ever make it before same day or next day delivery existed? <laughs> I, it's It sucks. I've thought of like four things I wanted <laughs> to buy <laughs> that normally would just show up. And now I can't. It's, man, truly, I'm living in the Stone Ages right now. Wow. All right. Well, I think we'll allow it. We'll accept it for one one episode. So, uh, yes, apologies to our listeners. I, I believe me, this hurts me worse than you. <laughs> well, and I made a similar faux pas the last time I traveled. When I came back, I left my microphone at my parents' house. We had to scramble a little bit. It ended up coming like the day we were supposed to record, but uh, you know, so it happens. Yeah, but, but but you got it. But whatever. So I'm on the vineyard. Uh, which is great. Your happy so it's place. Island off the coast. <laughs> it's my happy place. It's off the coast of Massachusetts. It's lovely. Uh, it's like 100 square miles or so. Yeah, having a good time. I've been working half days. So I'm here with a friend of mine, and we've both been sort of working for like most of the morning. And then when the afternoon rolls around, we go off and like do an adventure, or go on the hike or something, or go swimming. Um, and then after, come back in the afternoon a little bit later and like sometimes start up work again, or sometimes just like, you know, start cooking an elaborate dinner or something. But it's been it's been really nice. I just did the same exact thing last week <laughs> up on the North mm, Shore. Really? Yep. So basically worked in the morning and then took off on either a hike or a long bike ride in the afternoon. And I got to tell you, man, I could get used to that. <laughs> it's like a way of life. <laughs> there are way worse lifestyles than this. Mm hmm. Yep. I, I'm getting so much outside time. And man, it's it is so pleasant. I'll notice like I'm feeling like kind of down or cranky or whatever. And I'm like, I don't really want to go anywhere, but we do anyway. And then like after I've walked about a mile in the woods, I'm like, I feel 25% better. And then I do, I feel like 30% better. Like it just keeps the outside and just moving around and, and man, what a difference. So that's been quite lovely. So I have another week here uh, and then I'm heading home, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. Very cool. That's good. I did some, some work this morning. We, uh, Mikey and I recorded the video of his, uh, gigantic pull request of doom. Ah, Yes. Very cool. So is that going to get emailed yeah. out to Tuple users, customers? It, it is, yep. Yeah. So uh, whenever we ship this release, which I, is looking like it's going to be in the next day or two, uh, I'm going to do that as sort of our, that'll be our like release notes effectively, um, or, or part of the release notes uh, for the release. Yeah, But I think it turned out pretty well. It was interesting. Um, it was kind of fun to like interview a person about a piece of work they've done and what was, you know, what was cool about it and, and why we did it the way we did it. Mm, that's cool. I think, I think users will really appreciate that kind of peek behind the curtain. I think so too. I think this is one of the nice, the great things about selling to developers is like, I can make interesting technical content and people will appreciate it. And it seems like the more we go into the weeds, the more people like it. Like every time I'm like, should I include this much detail about what this bug was? 
I always get people be like, oh, thanks for all that detail. They really, they really dig it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty cool to be able to lean into that. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome, man. We had a kind of convoluted recording setup to get this video out. It had some issues that I wanted to get tweaked. And I was like, I started to like load up like iMovie and like fiddle around myself. And I was like, this is no, Ben, stop. And I DM'd our old friend, Tom Obarski. Hey, Tom. Yes. Yeah. Good old Tom is uh, still around and still an incredible editor. So I like shot him over the files and was like, hey, I, I, these things are bothering me. Can you please fix them up? And he's working on it right now. That's awesome. <laughs> good to yeah. know. Good to know people. It's so it really is. I, I keep have this feeling like the more people you can like DM and like who will like can quickly help you is just like that's such such a power. So useful. Yeah. Especially because for him, it's probably super easy, you know, and helping out a friend like happy to do it. You would be pulling your hair out, <laughs> taking 10 times as long. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he was like, oh, do you want me to fix these other three things that I noticed? And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's just he just yeah, working with professionals is is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I had that realization before I spent several hours like trying to fix these nitpicky things and not doing a very good job of it. And I was like, wait a minute, no, this is not. This should not be me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I take it you did a tuple session and recorded it like ScreenFlow or something. Basically, yeah. It's so, like we we did a tuple session and Mikey recorded. His, he shared his screen, but he recorded his side, and then I recorded my audio locally. And so we basically have like a video track that needs to get synced up with an audio track. There were a couple of little wrinkles in there. There's like, oh, we have to like fix it this this way. And so it was it got a little hard. It was nice. We used the yet as yet undeployed version of Tuple <laughs> for it, and it worked worked quite well. So very meta. Use the un- undeployed version to record a video about the undeployed version. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Yes. Meta dog food. Yes, I like it. Yeah. Looks like we're moving forward with hiring someone to pair with joel part-time on working on the rails backend hmm. it's not a done deal yet so i'm not going to say who who this person is but like someone who's kind of show adjacent Longtime listeners of the show will sort of be aware of this entity <laughs> going back to that old uh who can you dm and who's in your network thing but basically we're, we're shooting for like something like 10 hours a week of of pairing because man just more pairing equals more good and kind of like helping Joel get better at Rails and freeing me up from some PR reviews and shoring up sort of non-critical but useful and important, you know, somewhat important parts of the the app, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's not the client, it's not the, you know, the meat and potatoes, but there is a lot of stuff that happens in the back end that is, is kind of important to the business. Mm-hmm. When you kind of started, like, searching for this person, is that how you phrased, like, the role is your job will be to pair with are with yes. Joel, one of our engineers. Okay. Yes. I mean, there's obviously people who sit on different points in the spectrum on like loving to pair like a lot or a little bit. So, I mean, I, I take it that this person kind of naturally has to be the type of person that really thrives in a pairing type of environment and doesn't feel like completely wrung out yes. from it. Right. <laughs> in, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. We phrase it that way. And we also like interviewed that way. So for the people that we were considering working with, we decided to like do pairing sessions. Uh, with them yeah so it's like okay let's just see how this actually goes which is uh th- this is how we always interview people at thoughtbot and i thought it was quite good like after you pass like a, i think a phone screen and like a sort of short technical interview it was like all right come in for a whole day and try to pair with a couple people and then man you really do you find out a lot about someone how, how they work and where they're at pretty fast when you sit next to them right yeah you can, can kind of get a high fidelity sense of like how their brain works when they're looking at a problem in front of you and it's like okay we both don't know the answer to this how are we going to tackle it right and 
Yeah, mm-hmm. too many, you can learn a lot that way. Yeah, totally. And it's it's, it's also kind of cool because you can you can drive for them. It's like you're you know your setup. It's like you're and, and you have like the app all booted and running and you know it works and all this. So it's like okay, don't worry about any of those lower level details. I'll be your hands. Uh, but you kind of navigate us through you know tackling this problem. And I think it kind of helps sort of like hide some of those details that aren't as important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. But yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited for this. Like we're kind of kind of beefing up our Rails expertise. Um, also, like just investing in like Joel, you know, expanding his abilities there. Like he, 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 there's no way you can pair with someone that much and not learn things. So like he'll get better at that, which is awesome. It's you know more more dog food time with Tuple. Just um, I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Could be a metric you track is how many hours does the Tuple team use Tuple every week, right? <laughs> I I have considered it, honestly actually yeah. yeah as like making that a thing yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to use it more and more myself. We're using it right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's definitely trending upward. It's holding up pretty well, I will say. <laughs> it's doing okay. Mm-hmm. It's doing all right. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of on light duty right now, so I don't have a, a ton of things to report, but okay. I'm curious what's going on in your world. I saw you announce, announce to the world. Yeah, so SavvyCal is launched. This was a little bit of a different kind of launch sequence than I've normally done in the past. I have become a bit skeptical of kind of the big the big splash launch that generates a ton of buzz on like channels like product hunt and hacker news. Like I've been down that road before gotten, you know, a a big old wave of traffic. And if you make a big enough splash, you can drive, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of hits to your website. But most of that generally is not super well qualified traffic. And so I was sort of, you know, as I was like planning out what this launch is going to look like sort of dreading, like going through that, process at least right now at this stage and so kind of gave myself permission to like to take it a little more a little more low-key a little more gradual so i talked about on the last episode i think that i had soft launched and opened up basically anyone who landed at the website saw a sign in with google button or signed up with google button right there and within a couple of days of doing that like it kind of started to leak out a bit like people started talking about it publicly and i didn't want to lose control of the narrative like i wanted to wanted to be the one who kind of announced this to the world and you know i kind of just decided after some reflection hiking around like i think this is uh you know i'm ready to accelerate the learning there's there's people who can definitely get value out of it today they're paying customers who are already getting value out of it there's no reason not to let people in aside from fear you know fear that like the product is just not Maybe it's just not good enough. Maybe just one more feature will, and then it'll be good enough. And, um, you know, as we know, that's a that's an easy pitfall to hold up launching uh, indefinitely if you're a perfectionist. Right. <laughs> so so decided, you know, we don't know any of those. Though. Yeah. No, I mean, not that I know personally, but uh, so what I decided to do was craft an email and send it to basically everyone who was on my email list. I thought about like picking random segments of it and sending it to them but i just kind of decided let's just let's just open it up let's just send it to everybody and see what the response looks like and i and i know i was going to learn a lot from that and one of my big goals in this was to re- restock the learning pipeline and get more get more feedback get more information coming my way to help kind of inform you know where i should be spending my time and on the product front the marketing front the positioning front all of that yeah so i sent that on uh, let's see, it was a week ago, Friday, and um, the response was, I- I'm pretty happy with how it went. How many people did it go out to? About 1,100. Okay. Yep, yep. 
So off of that kind of round numbers, like 200 and something folks who went through the process, created an account, looked around at it. And then so far I am sitting around just over $400 MRR. So we're, you know, out of the gate, we're off to the races. It feels good to have a little, a little pad of, of MRR to, to grow off of. Um, nice. So 30 something paid users yep. somewhere in there. Yep. Nice. And, and are you starting to get that feedback that you were looking for? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it is definitely restocked for a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Which is exactly what I wanted. Uh, I mean, that's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not, not too much. And like, I think honestly, like I, 200 signups is not a ton. Like I maybe back in the day would have been aiming for like, I want several thousand signups off of this launch, but you know, like realistically, I really only want people who are, are seriously considering using the tool and not just looking around. I think, I think most of the people who made it through and are in my, you know, in the pipeline communicating with me and such are, are actually like close to being qualified potential customers, if not already customers. So, so I think mission accomplished on that. You know, there will be a time perhaps to work some of those channels that lead to like broader awareness, but lower quality traffic. Like there may be a time to do a product hunt launch, but I think I just don't feel the urge to do it right now. And I certainly have um, a lot of, you know, information to go off of and like tons of features that I know I need to add. And it's just a matter of like prioritizing them and stuff. So, yeah, what's what's the top of the list? What are people most screaming for? It's like. Zapier integration is probably the top one, which, you know, it's a good sign to me because I want people who understand kind of more sophisticated things you can do around scheduling. And those people tend to tend to want integrations. They want Zapier. They want to be able to 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 really embed this into their workflow. So so that's right up there. Other calendar integrations. I mean, Outlook is kind of the big the big number two, or you could look at it as the number one in certain spaces. I think more traditional companies tend to use Outlook and more startup companies tend to use G Suite. <laughs> Outlook. You have a lot of people what is they want Outlook integration? Yeah, like as they're like they're using, you know, the Microsoft suite for their calendaring and email and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Interesting. And so you would have like a button in Outlook or something to send a cal- uh, No, no, no. Or? Like well, that's that's another like plugin for that would be a different thing, but this is just like people who are using uh, Outlook calendar or it's I think it's called Outlook Calendar. It's through the Microsoft 365, like their hosted SaaS, like email calendar contacts kind of suite. So your more traditional companies are using, or a lot of them are on the Microsoft stack and using that for hosting their calendar. So they they want to be able to link their their work calendars to it. Um, oh, does I that see, make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you just integrate with Google Calendar with Google right Calendar. now. Google Calendar, yeah. I see. So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Are you sure you want those companies as customers <laughs> well so there's there's two reasons to do it one one would be you know to, to open up people who aren't using google calendar or just kind of can't get use of the product so it's widening the, the number of people who can make use of it and also the overlay feature so people who send a link to someone else and they're using outlook as their calendar i want to be able to like display their events for them that's a big that's a big selling point so it's for it's for my customers schedulers too for their benefit mm, um, yeah, yeah yeah is there like an oauth thing for yep outlook calendar yep yep cool and okay. it seems like a pretty a decently well documented api i think so i've done a little bit of preliminary sketching of what that would look like and 
it's a big feature, but it's not like um, it's not like working with a soap API or something, <laughs> you know. Yes. So it's not like working at a soap factory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Doing, doing real work. Right. Cool. So Zapier and Outlook. There are some more nuanced ones that are kind of like less directly requested, but are kind of starting to coalesce. And so I think you know, I'll talk more about those as as they kind of start to form. But it's like some of the things I've already had kind of on the on the list. Like I think workflowy related things, like like being able to set up a link so that someone can request a time and you have to approve it before it gets officially put on the calendar, I think is going to be a a pretty important thing. People want to be able to have like their default link they share, but they want uh, a number of folks have have mentioned that they they kind of want to be able to confidently share that without and, and still be able to control who ultimately makes it onto their calendar. And so adding kind of an extra layer of approval seems like it could be a really interesting differentiating feature um, to build in the near term and a handful of other ones like similar to that that are that are kind of starting to come together. They're still a little fuzzy, but um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That last one seems a little bit, seems kind of funny. It's like, it almost feels like you've, you've like, they misses the point in a way. Or it's like, I'm sending you this link, but then when you like ask for a time, I'm going to like have to then confirm and then add it to my calendar or something. It's like, you know, there are some people who definitely want to be pretty available for like pretty important calls. And so they want to be able to freely share things, but share their links, but like also risk like getting completely overwhelmed with, with too many meetings. It's like you either tightly control where you share your link or you be more free with sharing your link, but then you want a little extra protection. Okay, cool. So are, are you like pretty heads down, like sprinting towards making these features or like, are you, is there other stuff that's pulling your attention away? Are you distracted by other things? One thing I'm doing, I thought about what's my next stab at trying to manage my time well, because obviously I, I feel like I've got a lot of product things to do and I could easily spend you know, the next month just doing product exclusively. But I also want to keep nudging the ball forward on kind of the marketing front and working towards like building up some flywheels and stuff. So I'm going to start tracking my time and I want to target like maybe three quarters product, one quarter marketing tasks. I'm including in that like things that will kind of help help nudge people along in the funnel too. you know, flesh out more onboarding emails at the right intervals and instrumenting different points of activation that I can key off of to to kind of catch people at the right time and like just putting effort into watching how people typically make it through the through the activation flow writing some kb docs and presenting them at the right point so that people you know will get the information they need at the right at the right time and stuff like that it seemed like you your pricing was it didn't seem like there was like a team plan like a buy this for my my company yeah option well that's that accurate and that's another that's another kind of big chunk that i'm going to start chipping away at is like gradually opening up team functionality i mean there's a bunch of just kind of permissions logic alone like to plow through um to to get that set up but yeah that's another big one because right now you basically create links under your own personal like scope so you have your own you know url your ben orenstein url but if you want a tuple one then you need to be able to create a kind of a team scope and then add other people to it and then you can you know have billing per seat for each member of your team and all that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. yeah yes 
I do recommend perceived pricing in your life. <laughs> yes, for and sure. When possible. For sure. Yeah. So right now, I mean, it is that's how the pricing is established. It's like $12 per user per month. But currently in the self-service mode, you can only like create, you know, an account for your own user right now. So mm-hmm. we started off in that mode as well, if I remember correctly. I remember in the early days, we were thinking like, oh, yes, freelancers. And like, we were always just imagining like individual humans using the app. And then like somehow it didn't click for us. Like, wait a second. Teams of developers are larger and have better credit cards. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It took us a little while to realize that. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Tracking my time. I mean, I think that'll kind of force me to invest in areas that I still want to move forward and prevent, like not give me an excuse to say like, well, I've just got so much product work. I just can't find the time to do it. It's like, I'm going to force myself, you know, to totally to do that. So your plate is full. My plate is full. Yeah. I'm giving thought to like, when is the right time to, to start bringing in some outside help in some of these areas? I want to be sure that I can start to grow this thing in a, in a predictable way, somewhat predictable way, at least linearly, so that I can kind of napkin model out like, all right, here's how much cash I have on hand. Here's how much it'll cost to hire someone to help in this area. Here's, you know, and so at least do some napkin modeling of when the right time to pull the trigger on that is. Yeah. How do you think of like the tiny seed dollars that are in the bank for that? Like, do you think like spend it down to zero trying to make it work or like, yeah, how how are you thinking of them? I'm looking at it as liftoff fuel right now. It's like I'm willing to burn through all that fuel, but I need to get liftoff at the end of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or else, I mean, practically speaking, then I just start self-funding. You know, which I would rather not do if I don't have to. By the by, the time that piggy bank is run dry, I should have some flywheels going that are that are offsetting it. Gotcha. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, it does, it does seem like an interesting question of like how aggressive to, to mm-hmm. be with that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to try to spend it all in three months or like twelve months? Right. Right. You know, you you can expect to get ROI. I'm sure I could deploy some of that money, you know, tomorrow to produce some some pretty quick results, probably, perhaps. <laughs> and so then, you know, it's like gaining gaining enough certainty to know that like, all right, so if I put twenty thousand dollars into this thing. Will it return that and more within enough time where, it, you know, it makes sense to do that? And obviously, I want to move as fast as as possible. But I also know that you can't just expect ROI overnight. So, OK, many decisions, many decisions. I'm not sure we, we have a like a poor money and other money comes out model. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. I mean, most things like to the fundamentals of like, well, you got to bring qualified traffic to the website and then a certain percentage of those you will convert and then a certain percentage of the a certain percentage of those will make to the next stage of the funnel where they create an account and then a percentage of those you convert to customer. And, you know, that hopefully over time becomes a somewhat predictable funnel that then you can start to optimize at different stages. But, you know, obviously I'm not there yet on on knowing what that funnel looks like. So it's hard to pour dollars into something without knowing knowing how those numbers will shape up. Totally. And yeah, the numbers are, are small at this point. So it would yeah. be hard to like, oh, like my conversion rate is this. It's like, well, right. yeah, but. Right. It's all in the statistical insignificant range at yeah. the moment. Where do you think the most valuable like area to bring on help would be for you? Well, this is a good, this is a good like thing I want to brainstorm with you a little bit, actually, because I can think of this as through two different lenses. Typically, what 
you know, developer solo founders eventually do is kind of fire themselves from active product development role and become kind of the the CEO, the head of the business side of things. And and if they're going to do an IC type of role, they usually end up focusing on kind of marketing stuff or running ads or whatever, whatever they need to do on the growth side as opposed to the product side. That's kind of typically when I look around at what other founders have done, that's typically what people end up doing, you know. But on the other hand, I feel like, you know, I'm a I'm a generalist in many respects, but I feel like my the area where I can have the most impact is on product and leading product efforts and building stuff. So like, you know, is it better to try to get help with building, starting some marketing engines, doing some, running some experiments, some traction experiments, see what channels are going to work well. And then, and then further investing in those, like, is it better for me to hire in those areas to, to run those experiments and start to start to figure that stuff out? Or should I be trying to get development help and, so about some of the product stuff and, and focus my energy on the growth and the marketing stuff. I don't know if you have want me to weigh in. Yeah, weigh in, please. <laughs> I think you're so good at the product and development stuff that it wouldn't make sense to take you out of it at this phase. Like if you were 10 people, maybe at that point, it's like, okay, Derek has to be the CEO now and focus on these like higher things. But assuming your team is going to be like two people or like one and a half people or whatever it's going to be, I don't think you can find someone who's better at that product development design generalist role than you, but I bet you could find somebody who's better at marketing or it's certainly possible. It seems way more likely to me. I think I would want to see you get help there. And also I just have a, I, I should have asked you before offering advice. Um, <laughs> no, I, I wanted my hunch advice. would be like, yeah. I guess one of my questions would have been like, does it excite you the idea of dropping the development and handing it to someone else and going and focusing on the marketing? Yeah. Or would you rather like know that marketing's handled and get to focus on the product? Yeah. If I could know that like, yeah, I could find a good, like somewhat generalist marketer, content writer, some something in that role who's really, really good at kind of being a self-starter and self-directed on their their work and they come up with like, good ideas and they contribute to to kind of the strategy and stuff, then that would be, I think, the ideal scenario for me. I'm both excited about like the prospect of being like having an active role in product for the long term on this in this business, you know, but also what equally excites me is just the the idea of turning this into a real functioning, sustaining business. And so part of part of me is like I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen and and do it in in a way that's that's optimal, you know, like I want to get there obviously as quickly as possible. And so there may come a point where me primarily spending my time on the product side is just kind of holding the business back. Maybe I'm doing the work that I enjoy, but the business is not is not growing at an optimal pace because I'm too skewed in my attention or something like that. So that's what I want to keep my keep one side of my mind on is that like I need to make sure that I don't become too too focused on one area and let the business overall suffer for that, you know. Totally. My hunch is you're still a bit of a ways from that today it's still so important that the product be great and i don't think anyone other than the founder can really do that right now it's just too early there's too many big decisions to make and like flashes of insight that you need to have in the shower or or something like that that it's i don't think you could bring in somebody outside and be like all right it's it's going you just keep it keep it rolling um and, and i think that will actually probably be true on the marketing side too like i think even if you find a great marketing person it's still going to require a lot of your creativity and input uh, and feedback to make it you know 
savvy cal like you know to make it feel coherent and good and and all that uh but i think you have a better shot of of getting like bringing that that side in mm-hmm. and having it work mm-hmm. yep yeah so we'll see more to more to come on when that when i ultimately pull the trigger i'm looking for looking for someone to help but i know they're going to have to be decent a decently generalist type of person i feel like especially at this stage kind of looking for a unicorn. yeah i don't know how to hire this kind of person <laughs> yeah i haven't had to do it yet yeah yeah seems a bit tricky i know there are software companies and these software companies do marketing and they market to developers but i also just have this like suspicion or there's a voice in my head which is like no one knows how to like you can actually make something to market to developers unless you like you're like a developer yourself probably right kind of maybe I don't know. That's probably not true, but but also maybe it's a little true. There's, yeah. Well, yeah, especially yeah. for you. I mean, marketing to developers, like you're either marketing to like the decision maker who's like or like a CTO or something or a CIO, or you're like you're like working your your ground up your grassroots adoption, which is like get you know win hearts and minds of developers and let them use it, and then gradually upgrade into you know. I just realized I flipped context into marketing to developers, but that's not really your audience. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I, I moved into tuple world. Yeah. No, that's okay. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, that's, that's kind of an interesting question, I suppose, which is like, is there an archetype that you've seen of the people that are paying so far? I think it's a little early to make generalizations about that. It's, it's definitely like leaders, professionals, founders. That's kind of predominantly who I have paying right now. And remains to be seen if it'll stay that way or if there will kind of, I mean, especially once teams become a thing and that I am motivated to, to get that started sooner rather than later so that, you know, it's, it's more revenue and it's more interesting. That's where things get really interesting. Um, I should have mentioned also on, on like the near term roadmap stuff is like, like group scheduling and there's a bunch of different types of group scheduling. There's like collective ones where it's like, we know these three people all need to be present at this meeting in addition to the person who's scheduling and so like take all their availabilities and combine them and figure out when they're all available and then there's you know there's ones where like even more broadly where we don't have we don't know everyone's availability and we're trying to all figure out a time to meet and a lot of times that's accomplished through like polls or something so and then there's just being able to tack add additional people onto a meeting once two people have figured out this is when we're going to meet let's add let's invite some additional people that's another you know kind of form of of group scheduling so a bunch of different areas to to flesh out in that regard too mm-hmm. yeah good software takes a long time it does it does there's a lot to it there's a lot there yep yeah. how do you feel uh i feel good i mean it's like it can feel a little bit overwhelming and so i've been actually trying to combat the overwhelm a little bit with you know taking a step back and like trying to plan i kind of trying to like order of priorities for the next you know week or two weeks and that's one way i can kind of combat overwhelm you know and aside from the a little bit of overwhelm like i feel pretty positive about you know about how the launch went and it feels good to have you know have 10x my revenue (laughs) 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 nice and um yeah, so I'm in a good headspace. Another thing, tool thing that I've been playing with. So we talked a little bit about Rome last time. And man, I just can't, I just couldn't bring myself to make it through their UI. It's so bad. Yeah. But I saw somebody mention this other tool. It's called Obsidian. 
obsidian.md. It's like a, and it has Rome like capabilities, like the easy double bracket backlinking thing, but it's just markdown files. So it's a local client you install and then it just, you just point it at a folder and it can generate the graph and you can do tagging and you can filter on tags and stuff like that. So I've been playing with that. And as you know, one of my ways of kind of organizing my information, I've been dumping like different feature requests that I've gotten or feature ideas that I've come up with. And then I've put my user interviews in here and established links to things so that I can kind of reason about like what things have people mentioned they need and and where are the where are the connections between them and um you know it's helping me like kind of coalesce like okay i think these people have asked for kind of the same functionality using much different verbiage but they're kind of pointing at the same thing and so being able to organize things in this way is, is kind of helping me work through that so mm. cool nice yeah obsidian is interesting i like the idea of like local flat files that's pretty cool like I'm building this like graph up in Rome, but like, can I export this into like something I can take with me yeah, if I want to? Portability is a big plus for yeah. me. Yeah. Also, the Obsidian, I, Obsidian, I think it's interesting. It's I believe it's a forked version of VS Code or something. Is it? Does this ring a bell for you? It's some like open source IDE, and I believe they just forked it and said, no, no, it's a notes tool, which I actually think is like really clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels very, it feels like electrony, you know, like a, yeah, kind of has that feel. And it does, it's not, it's not super well polished. It's, it's decently good on polish, I would say. Like it's not, it's not Rome <laughs> in terms of that, yeah. UX. Yeah. That, so I, I looked at this and I was like, it does, it looks a bit nicer, but it didn't look like, okay, this is like Rome, but beautiful. It was like, okay, this is some other different nerds made this and it still looks kind of like a nerd tool. I like considered it. Like I kind of thought about jumping ship. Um, Cause like I said, there are some stuff I like about it, but it's like, I want, I want IA writer, but with the, this kind of linking graphing functionality built in, which is really what I want. Yeah. And, and local, local markdown docs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that I can sync and save and, and search for, like with the graph and whatnot. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Question on um, organizations is something I was trying to figure out today actually. And maybe you'll have insights based on how you're using Rome, but like is Rome literally just a collection of notes that are linked in a graph or do you put things into folders? Like, do you have any kind of foldering notion in there or? I don't think there is any foldering notion as far as I know, but I could be wrong. And because they do have this idea of like, there's like nodes where it's like a page is a collection of nodes. You can like have nodes nested onto other nodes. So maybe there is some sort of nesting structure that I don't quite know how to navigate or I'm aware of. My model for it is just a graph of note pages. Yeah. So I started organizing my stuff. I like created, okay, savvy cal folder. And then I have a folder for like feature stuff. And each one is a separate document. And then I have my kind of users and I, each person hasn't has a file, but then like I've been trying to actually as I'm writing or as I'm like parsing through some of my notes, I'm like, okay, I need to put, I need to establish a link here to a new feature. And when I do that, it just kind of like dumps it in the root um, when it creates a new file. And then I can like move that, but it feels like maybe I shouldn't even worry about doing this. Maybe I should just use tags. Like if this is a user file, just tag it as user. And then I can just use it as tag driven. Everything's just kind of in a, in a big bucket. I don't know. I've been liking the non-hierarchical nature, personally, because it gets rid of that step of like decide where it goes, organize, fiddle around. It's just like 
there's a new page. It's called this. And like, who cares? It's connected to some things, but it's not nested under specific things. And I don't need to decide where it lives. It just, everything just lives in one place. And that is kind of, that feels sort of magical as long as it's not completely unwieldy or impossible to find things. <laughs> you know, it sounds kind of magical to not have to make that decision. And then this does, Obsidian does have like the, like command P and command O, like for like bringing up a little, a little finder bar that and you can just quickly search stuff. So I think that should be probably good enough, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, dude, there's something about this, this idea. I, I have to go back to it of like fork a, like an IDE yeah. <laughs> and use it to make a different tool that's not just like code editing, but it's something else. And I think there's, I think that's really clever. I it think is. there's like probably some really interesting things you could build with that approach. Yeah. I mean, the amount of open source, like, you know, how many thousands and thousands of man hours have gone into like, building these things and it's open source so you could you can do that you can fork it and stand on those shoulders of giants it's pretty cool totally yeah so props to them that's an interesting idea yeah yeah but like you can make a better looking version of this (laughs) (laughs) yeah charge 15 a month for that maybe hey 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 Hmm. you could just fork this one immediately just start doing some design work on it (laughs) yeah Look, or man, not, I don't need probably. any more shiny objects, all right? I got to... Look how shiny it is. I got things on my plate. I know, I know, I know. I just want to only use software that you design. <laughs> oh, that's, that's high praise. Thank you. Sure. All right, should we wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap it. Cool. Uh, notes for the show. Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya. <laughs>